Very good morning, everyone. It is Friday, February 17. The Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. And a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And it is a big day for the Australian cricket team. The second test in Delhi is, uh, let's face it, if they go 2-0 down, that's the Border Gavaska trophy gone. And they need to win the series to regain that trophy with India holding it as it stands. And uh, as I say, a very good morning to you, Pup. I mean, after what we saw heading into the first test, where no one predicted the dropping of Travis Head from the side, mm. I really don't know what to expect when they name the eleven this afternoon. Yeah, morning, boys. Uh, morning, listeners. Happy Friday. Uh, I have absolutely no idea, you know, what they're going to do. Um, going on what I've heard over the last few days, it seems like they're definitely not going to reinstate. Travis Head, so they're going to stick with the same batting plan or setup. There's question marks over Cameron Green. Is he fit? It sounds like he is fit enough to play. So he'll come back into number six. Who do they keep at number five? Renshaw or Hanscom? Um, that's going to be the question mark, but it sounds like one of those two is going to play in front of Head. Um, Mitchell Stark sounds like he's not fit, so I don't think he will play. Now, if Cameron Green's in and he's been bowling in the nets, doesn't mean he's bowled 30 overs in a test match in India, but he's been bowling in the nets. Do they go Pat Cummins, Cameron Green, Scott Bowling as the three quicks and the two right-arm offies? They can't drop one of the right-arm offies now after what's just happened in the first test. Do they go Cummins, Green, and pick the young left-arm orthodox to have another youngster make his debut? So you go on really one fast bowler, one all-rounder, three spinners. Honestly, I just think they have they have put themselves in in such a tough place. I want to know where is Ashton Agar? Is Ashton Agar still in India? Yeah, well, if if they pick Kuderman over Agar, what a, I mean, that's his confidence rocked as far as his national selection chances forever. His name hasn't been spoken about. I, I would have picked him for the first Test match. Well, his name's been spoken about in all the reports from the people covering the series over there in that he is bowling poorly in the nets without confidence and uh, they're certainly worried about what he can produce there if he's picked. Well, this is the only thing. Selectors, captain, coach, I know so many players that were batting horribly in the nets and walked out and made a hundred or a double hundred or a triple hundred. The nets don't count. If you want to ruin someone's confidence, then bring in another deputant and throw him over the top of him. Like, come on! And if, and if, if uh, um, Ashton Agar is struggling that ba- that bad, then you'd think it'd be better for him health wise to put him on a plane back home, get away from the game for a bit, be with his family if he's struggling that bad. Because they've been in India for long enough. If they haven't been able to turn his bowling around in the nets. And he's still not bowling well. It's not working. Whatever they're doing is not working. So get him out of there. You're not going to pick him. If you're not going to pick him now, you're not going to pick him at all. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, yeah, look, today's a massive day, you know, a massive day. It's hard enough to win in Delhi at full strength, full of confidence, playing your best cricket. At the moment, I reckon, I don't, I, well, I'm sitting here telling you, I've, I've been a part of selections with that Australian team for a long time. I have no idea what they're going to do. You 
get the feeling they didn't really know either heading into that first test anyway, which you can't believe considering all the apparent planning that had gone into the series. Uh, Loza, morning. Morning, boys. Um, talking about the Australians, I tell you what, I watched a little bit of the New Zealand-England test match yesterday, mm. and I know we were laughing Oof. about baseball, but jeez, didn't they go after the game there? The, the Changing bombs. the game, Loz, aren't they? I tell you what, five and a half and over, uh, runs and over, and they declared um, and gave themselves a what an hour and a half to to bowl to the Kiwis. They've grabbed three wickets. I tell you what, if Australia are struggling against India and they go over there to England with a lack of confidence, if they get dusted up over there, this will be a wonderful Ashes series. And I, I don't know, England under. Um, McCullum, they they have they've they've turned it around. They're playing confident. They've unearthed a couple of young, exciting batsmen. Um, they've still got the you know the Andersons and, and Broads there, but uh, young Duckett and Pope and and Brook, these type of players, they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. I think. Yeah, we'll chat about that this morning. It was it was madness. Some of the some of the cricket I had it on in the background mm. yesterday afternoon, and some of the shots I saw that for dismissals. Some of them, it was mad, mad pup. So, For test match cricket, oh, yeah, different, wasn't incredible. It? So yeah. we'll chat about that through the morning. But uh, Loz, a great weekend of footy ahead of us. Last week of trials until we see, I guess, footy in earnest in round one. But there is a game with serious uh, implications, and that is the World Club Challenge. Penrith and St Helens, really looking forward to it. Uh, we haven't seen a World Club Challenge in Australia since 2018 when the Melbourne Storm beat Leeds. It's going to be played in oppressive conditions there, although they've delayed the kickoff by 50 minutes to 10 to 7 uh, in the West there on Saturday evening. And, uh, well, St Helens have said it'll just about be their biggest achievement in the club's storied and long history if they can pull this off. And the tab agrees it would be because they're 19 and a half point outsiders. Oh, you can understand why. The conditions are certainly against them. They're taking on the back-to-back premiers here in the NRL competition. And we regard ourselves as the, you know, the best nation and the best competition uh, that plays rugby league in the world. Uh, they've had one trial game against the Dragons. They won that game, but taking on Penrith a different proposition altogether. Now, Penrith aren't as strong as what they were in the grand final. They've lost both their back rowers in Kickout and Liam Martin, and that takes away some strike. Dylan Edwards at the back, uh, he's not there also. Um, Abby Coruscant is not there. Um, so, look, if the St Helens team are going to win, they get every opportunity to do it. Uh, they've come out here, they've prepared strongly, uh, but this Penrith team is just a juggernaut. They have that next man up mentality. They seem to get the job done regardless of who's in that team. And while ever you've got, you know, Fisher Harris in the forward pack, you've uh, leading the way, then you've got the creative halves and the genius of um, Nathan Cleary. Uh, Steve Crichton gets an opportunity at fullback. We know that he's moving on at the end of this season to go to the Bulldogs to play in his preferred position at fullback. So he'd be keen to, to put in a big performance. But yeah, St Helens, this would be a, a magnificent achievement if they can win. Although, having said that, Mido, I, I think that, um, you know, I think they'll, they'll, they'll be better than what we think, mm. St Helens. Uh, quarter football, a few more interchanges, Penrith not being at full strength. Uh, I don't think they can win. I, I don't think they'll win. Um, but I think they'll make a good game of it. Yeah, St Helens have won the past four Super League titles. We talk of Penrith's dominance here. Well, St Helens have absolutely dominated. I think they've won 83 of their last 102 matches over there 
in the UK. Uh, boys, and for all our listeners as well, it is an extremely sad day. We've got some awful news. Dean Lester died yesterday, aged 54, after a short but brave fight against a rare form of cancer. And we'd faced with this news recently. It was a great indication of just how much he was loved when his employer, RSN, our friends uh, down south and his mates, they rallied to set up a GoFundMe page and very quickly raised nearly $300,000 as the burden of full medical expenses and mortgage payments became immense. And uh, this was something that Dino was you know, embarrassed about. He didn't want uh, that sort of help. But uh, uh, those who love him, certainly said, no, we're going to do something for you. And uh, a lot of people, just rank and file, who've obviously followed Dino over a long period of time, contributed to that. And, uh, well, Dino, he he was faced with a lot of challenges over the course of his life. He was born with spina bifida. And for the last 20 years or so, he had to be aided by a mobility scooter, but he was never one to complain. Just went about doing what he does best, and that is finding winners. And, And Dino, he was just simply a great Aussie bloke. He loved the game. The game that is racing, and you know, he had the privilege as well. He had a share in the 2016 Newmarket Handicap winner, the quarterback, trained by Robbie Griffiths, and there were great scenes there, emotional scenes. As a bloke who'd basically been at the racetrack all his life, had a Group One win in an iconic Australian race, that Newmarket Handicap. Whenever you saw him trackside, he'd always say good day, always have a chat, treated everyone equally, was universally adored. What a tipster! What a legacy! Friday mornings, you saw it on our text line. The, the demands, give us Dino's tips, give us Dino's tips. And I'm sure just about everyone who's had a punt, who listens to us, I'm sure at some stage you had a, something on something that Dino suggested. Uh, and uh, what a legacy indeed. A very sad day. Very, very sad day. And, and thoughts and prayers go out to his mother, Sandra, and his partner, Leanne, and all his friends, uh, very close friends. And uh, Loz, uh, just... You know, someone that, you know, I didn't know Dino that well, but knew him well enough to always say good day, have a chat, and he just treated everyone equally. And you saw it on our text line that mm. just anyone who's had a punt, they wanted a piece of what Dino was on. Yeah, oh, he was a legend of the industry, Mido. He was someone that people admired. He was someone that people went to to ask questions. Um, you know, jockeys highly respected him, trainers highly respected him. Um, punters uh, loved listening to what he had to say about horses. Uh, he, you'd never heard him uh, complain. Uh, he had some challenges all the way th- through his life. Uh, it's just sad news. When I heard it uh, last night, I was quite devastated because, again, a bit like you, Mido, I, I didn't know Dean that well. Um, knew him to walk past, say good day to, um, and, and move on. Um, but everyone in the industry tells you what such a great fella he was and only fifty years, uh, 54 years of age, taken way too soon. So yeah, our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Uh, I'm sure the racing industry will continue to pay tribute to Dean in the coming days and the coming weeks, but we've lost a true giant of the industry. And just before we get to the headlines, a lot of tributes already for the great Dino on the text line here. So sad to hear the passing of Dean Lester. I've never met him, but from whatever... Uh, has said, been an absolute champion bloke and what an absolute champion tipster, RIP. Uh, just no name to that one. We lost one of the good guys overnight. Not a Saturday went by without a mate sending a message asking for Dino's numbers. An absolute ornament to the sport of racing, says Willow from Windsor. 
Uh, Matt at Bowgala uh, gents are a tweet from Tony Brassel about the passing of Dean Lester. Please pass my condolences on to his family, says Matt at Bowgala. And uh, more as well here. Mitch from Robertson. Very sad news about Dean Lester. The racing family lost a good one last night. Absolutely. And uh, there's many more here as well. Condolences to the Lester family. Uh, and uh, keep them coming. 0419767272. Very, very sad day. Back page of the Daily Telegraph. The Delhi grind is the headline there. Australia is willing Warner towards a farewell ashes tour this year. Uh, is uh, the headline here. <laughs> the end. You, you, the narrative on David Warner is picked up again. I mean, it went yeah. away as it does, Clarkie, yeah. when he made 200 at the MCG in his 100th test match. But you, you get the feeling now, and I've always... Well, because the thing is, when you look at it, who's the obvious replacement? There isn't one. Well, well people say now say maybe Travis Head can open the batting. No, this is another example where we in Australia always think the grass is greener on the other side. And then someone goes and retires, and then we spend the next week talking about, oh, what a legend, how great a player he was. Someone goes, duck, 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 and go, oh, do you reckon Warner could have played for another year? So do you reckon he could have played one more Ashes series? Do you reckon he could have played, like, he, you know? So we miss his intent at the top of the order. We miss his energy in the field. Like, mate, we do it every, every single day of the week. We do it in this country more than anywhere else in the world. It's okay to drop someone, but you've got to have someone better to pick. Tell me who's in a better position right now to walk out and open, in, open the batting for Australia in India, conditions that are so hard, had experience there, knows how to play there, had success there. Tell me the answer. Tell me the answer. And when you drop someone at that age, they're gone for good. They don't get another chance. You know, different if we had a number of players that had been over in India and scored a truckload of runs that you got the option to pick. Man, you can make as many runs. If if the first test is not a great example. I've been sitting here bragging about this Australian batting, saying, you know, look at the experience we got. Look at how, you know, they're coming into this test series in, in form. These guys got bowled out for 177 and 90-odd. You can make as many hundreds as you want in Australia. Batting in India in a test match is very, very different. Dave Warner has to play this test match. They oh. made a mistake in not picking Travis Head, Right. So reinstate him back in his position where he's ranked fourth in the world at the moment. Bat him at number five where he belongs. Keep the batting order how it was through the summer because those players are in form. That gives us our best chance. Doesn't guarantee Warner's going to make 100. Doesn't guarantee Travis Head's not going to get a golden duck. But they're your best chance. If they dropped Warner, that would be out and out panic. He made a double hundred two test matches ago. (laughs) Yeah. Boxing Day, double hundred. I know his numbers don't look magnificent over the last 12 months, but he averages 40, I'm guessing, 46, 47 as an opening batsman in 100 test matches. The guy can play. Like, how many times have we relied on him and he's come good for us? This is where you've got to back these players. And Dave, he'll know. If he makes no runs in this series, he'll either retire before the Ashes or know the Ashes is going to be his last crack. Like, you know when you get to that age, when you're struggling, how your body's feeling, how your mind is. And it might be a conversation from a selector or from a mate or from a captain or from a leader. Ask how he's going. See where he's at. Have an honest conversation if that's where where the situation's at. But the way we do this through the media, I, I, I just think it's so disrespectful. The guy's been one of our great opening batsmen. 
He got a double hundred two test matches ago, and we're going, okay, get rid of him and open the batting with Travis Head. What? He changed the game, David Warner. Mate. We forget that. Like He was plucked from 2020 cricket. Well, hang on, hang on, Mate. hang on. No, well, I'm not going to dis- uh, disagree with that, but you're talking about <laughs> putting a guy in Travis Head who was dropped because why? <laughs> Yeah, I know. He, he couldn't handle the conditions. As, as, at best, at best, at best, they might give head what two overs no, of pace, and then Ashwin. they're going to put on a spinner. They'll, yeah, they'll open the bowling with Ashwin. Bowling, was. That's yeah. exactly. If yeah. I was captain of India and Travis Head now plays, <laughs> Travis Head walks into the team. I'm stopping the entire game, saying, "Fast bowler, go yeah. and sit on the couch. We are only bowling spinners because of what the selectors have done." hundred percent. I don't care I if you bat to one it. or eleven. I'm only bowling spin to him. Uh, a few texts here. <laughs> uh, f- uh, back page of the Australian, by the way. Cummins puts his money on Warner finding a way. Um, Pup, come on! He made a double turn on a road. Move the ball one centimetre. Oh and my he's got god! <laughs> Who wrote that? Is there a name? <laughs> Cannot take him to England. May as well start one for none. Oh uh, my god! Pup Warner doesn't stay out there long enough to make a difference. He hasn't performed outside of Australia for years. Oh, Why are you defending him? A mate. double hundred in Australia. Australia capital letters. Cheers, Chris. Oh, Any word on how mate. Will Pukowski's going? He was meant to be the next big thing, says Fury the Scone Dribbler. Well, he's only recently. I think he's been playing some great great cricket. Yeah. Yep. Dan, as he's again, uh, you know, he's been battling not only concussion issues, but he took some time out, I think, for mental health reasons yeah. again yeah. as well. Um, but, but the point of these texts, Clark, is the, the sentiment of yeah, the Australian public. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I get, and I understand it happens to everyone mm. at the end of your career, the back end of your career, there does come a time. Right, and if you're not performing, well, you're judged harder as you get older. You, you, you're judged harder. There's no more room for you know potential. The word potential is dead. Do you so know true. what I mean? When you're younger, you get a bit of a long. You get longer with without copping slack because there's potential, there's age, there's growth, there's development, all of that. I understand that. And again, Davey would know his numbers are not as good as they need to be if for these conversations to disappear. So knowing Davey. And knowing anybody that's you know playing for Australia, he would be working his backside off to turn things around. The only thing I'm saying, we're under pressure. We have to win this test match. I would be banking on a senior player that has done it before, that has got a double hundred two test matches ago. I'll be banking on him rather than changing that and bringing you know opening the batting with Renshaw or Hanscom or bringing Travis Head back in to open the batting. I I, I don't think if you're taking Davey on this tour. I think you got to give him. You got to give him every crack. You have to. Imagine we won this test match. Imagine what we'd be saying. One of the greatest victories right. in Australia. And Renshaw history. gets a double hundred, <laughs> batting at five. No Travis. But that's my. Oh. But that was my point in the first year. I, trust me, I wanted Renshaw to make runs. I knew everyone needed to make runs for us to win the test match, and it's no different in this test. So I'm not saying it's a mistake in dropping Travis Head based on Renshaw making runs or not making runs. I'm saying it was a mistake dropping Travis Head before a ball's bowl. That's a poor decision, in my opinion. So if they go Renshaw again today, mate, I hope he does. I like Matty Renshaw as well. I think he is a future Australian player, probably at the top of the order. But I'd love to see him go and make 100. That'd be great. And then the coach and the captain and the selectors can walk around and say, told you so, told you so. Even if he makes a double 100, I'm disagreeing. I think Travis Head should be batting at number five for Australia. He's earned that right, in my opinion. And I think David Warner should be opening the batting. 